The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, did you see, oh, uh, coming up after three, by the way, we're going to have the uh, speech from the throne. We're going to carry it uh, live and then break down the details for you as they become available to us. Um, the budget, of course, coming down what? Next week. A week. T- no, or two uh, weeks. the 22nd. Yeah, two weeks from now. So this is typically the roadmap for the Yeah, they give you little session. teasers of yeah. uh, what you can expect. Right. So we'll have all that for you. We, it's an early show today. 5.30, we're off the air. City Ford Faceoff show takes over at that time because we're taking on the New York Islanders. That's right. Right. And uh, that would be Eberly's first return to Edmonton. So I'm wondering, I'm assuming they're going to do some kind of... He was here for seven years, so I assume they're going to do some montage thing. Well, and here's the thing. What, why, I've seen a lot of talk mm. about how he's going to be received here, oh, coming back well. here. Because other people were talking about, don't you dare boo him, don't want to hear the boo birds out tonight, you know, that sort of well, stuff. It's not I'm his like, fault he got I'm traded. Like, why would you boo him? I don't know why you'd boo him. I wish him nothing but success. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. Um, had the opportunity to meet him several times because of his connection at the time with ATB Financial. Yep. Uh, he's a wonderful young man, like uh, just a really nice guy. Um, the the two unfair things about that, and we, you know, we're not going to talk too much hockey here on the afternoon news. But first of all, he has no control over being nope. traded, and I'm sure he would have been more than happy to stay with the Oilers. Um, but also the comparison between Strom and Eberle, because that was the trade. It was uh, it was not a one for one. You know, hey, we think Strom is as good as Eberle trade. So it's just as unfair that fans continue to judge Strom's success by Eberly standards. They're, yeah. Eberly's a better player. It was a salary cap dump is what yeah, it was, but right? Yeah, but that's what they do. They're going, this is what we got, and, right, you so know... better work out as, you know... People always compare. Sure, I guess. You know, think about it. In any yeah. job, you get rid of somebody and you bring yeah, somebody true. in, you compare, oh, well, that person did this better and they're mm-hmm. better. You yeah, know. that's fair. <laughs> we I, know that better than anyone. <laughs> well, we certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funny thing about radio, because when you take over or come into a new time slot, the people who are listening are the ones who liked what was there before. Uh-huh. Uh, the For job one, day one, is to build your audience and yeah. get the people who would enjoy you to start listening, right? So, yeah, no, we've definitely been through that more than once. Um, hey, I saw this story. You know, and I, I, I looked at it, I just went, oh, that, really? But it was this uh, Playa, de, Playa del Carmen, um, the warning uh, from the Canadian government, they're putting out a travel alert about Playa, Playa del Carmen. And the reason it jumped out at me, of course, is that's where mm-hmm. I was two weeks mm-hmm. ago. But I was there. This was. You uh, were there when the, the blast happened. When the bomb, yeah, when that blast went off on the ferry. And the thing is, Playa has two, Playa del Carmen has two um, ports. And one, and and they're they're ferries that go to I think Cozumel, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, they have two, and one was one docks at her hotel, mm-hmm. and so when I saw the story that a bomb had gone off, and I was there, literally from my balcony, I can see that dock, so I'm watching video footage of this bomb, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at a dock and there's no bomb, so it was the other dock 
that got hit and not the one by our hotel, but, but it was still saying, pretty, pretty darn close. But they're not saying terrorism or anything like that No, right not now. necessarily. They're, they're saying that they're under investigation. They're looking at several motives, including the possibility that people linked to the ferry company could have bombed the boat to collect the insurance policy. Yeah, or that it could be uh, low-level drug-related mm. in some way, so police investigating. and and uh, But in the meantime, several cruise lines... Now, we saw those passengers... Um, cruise ships dock at uh, Cozumel, I would assume, and take the ferry over to play at Del Carmen because the uh, shopping is so good there, right? You have uh, It's a very famous street, that Fifth Avenue, I want to say. Um, so we saw the cruise ship people. You could always tell. The, the ferry would dock, and these people would pile off and uh, you know, then meet the ferry a few hours later to go back to their cruise ship, right? So a lot of... If you're on a cruise to Mexico and that was one of your stops, you may find that your excursion has now changed because the cruise lines are not taking the risk of putting you on that ferry. But it's, yeah, it's just one of those interesting Mm. stories where you, you know, you read about travel alerts and you think, well, I'm not going there. I've never been there or whatever. But where you read one where you, well, I was just just there, Mm -hmm. right? It's just weird. Yeah, my dad was um, was in Birmingham last year, just after the big bombing at the at the arena there. And I'm like, you need to keep your head on a swivel. Like, just not that mm-hmm. he was going to a who was it? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember her, her name. The young singer, um, it, you know. But I said, be aware of that sort of stuff. I was really nervous. But it's it's anywhere. You have to keep your head on a swivel. I think anywhere now. You have to be aware. You have to make sure that you're just keeping an eye out, not being too much of a jerk. Yeah, exactly. You should be doing that anyways when you're traveling, right? Uh, And for that matter, when you're anywhere. We've talked about this before, that ever since 9-11, I think, and it comes and goes in waves as different events happen around the world, you know, the collective consciousness about seeing where you are. Manchester, sorry. Yeah. Uh, And I mentioned to you before that, you know, I still look at trucks that seem out of place, parked in front of places or things like that. Never know you know, what you're supposed to do about it. But I I certainly do avoid going down back alleys and in parts of areas (laughs) that are not designated for tourists, per se, no matter where I am. It was Manchester and Ariana Grande concert. Remember that? Yes, oh, it was of horrific. Um, and on the travel front too, if you're uh, looking for something, this is interesting. Air Canada just announced uh, plans to launch daily seasonal flights to a couple of desert desert uh, destinations. Um, Calgarians are going to be able to catch daily direct flights to Palm Springs, while us folk here in Edmonton will be getting daily direct flight options to Las Vegas on Air Canada. Oh, I didn't know that wasn't already a thing. Yeah, it's just, you know, the new flights to Palm Springs and uh, Las Vegas will begin on October 28th. Hmm. So there you go. Keep that in mind. Because you usually fly west down there. Don't you? Always. Yeah, so Air Canada yeah. uh, going that way down there now. There you go. So we've got, uh, hey, speaking of travel, and you know how we oftentimes, we oftentimes talk about people behaving badly on aircraft. How about people not being able to get on the aircraft? This is another one of those things where, do you know every time you go to security now through the airport, don't you do this thing where you sort of do inventory? Like, wait a minute, do I have to take my shoes off? Not take my shoes off? My do coat I... off, my belt yeah, off, all of that. Yeah. You know what? What's acceptable and what isn't? And um, am I allowed? Uh, do I have to show them a tablet or is it just a laptop? Does it have to power up? Do I have to? You know all these questions because it seems like the rules are mm-hmm. sort of flexible, right? And oftentimes, in the container size, hundred milliliters, whatever. And I, I, by the way, went through security coming out of Mexico, out of Cancun, with a 200 milliliter bottle of uh, the best ever cream for sunburn (laughs) and uh, went through no problem at all. But here's a woman who got stopped. This is just stupid. It really is. It was in England. She got stopped uh, going through security. She had a necklace which included 
uh, a gun, but the gun was less than an inch. So think of a charm, like a, you know, a charm in the shape of a revolver that's less than an inch big, hanging from her neck. It was a gift from her late her husband, late husband, who they, was a police officer. No, right? no, his current husband's a, the right. current husband's a police officer. But they uh, were members at a at a gun shooting right, range. They also right. were involved with uh, hunting dogs. And he died like at thirty two or thirty five mm-hmm. years of age. And this was her memento from him. Her current husband is the police officer. Right, and not that it matters, uh, but the argument, of course, that ensued at security at the airport was that (laughs) I've walked through security many times with this. That's actually not an argument, really, because maybe you got lucky several times. Like, generally speaking, that's typically not an argument. But in this case, it was just so stupid. And a spokesperson for the airport and the security said, under regulations, any novelty items, replicas, and imitation firearms capable of being mistaken for real weapons will be deemed unsuitable for carriage and uh, carriage and reasonably would be confiscated by our security. So they they took her necklace. It's it's just so yeah. just picture this thing that's the it's less, like it, it's, it's less like, than a, the size it's like of your a, thumb. a monopoly thing. It looks exactly. like it's gone on the Monopoly That's what it thing. Looks like. yeah. uh, and they say, and they went on to say, any item that resembles a firearm in any way, whether whether capable of firing a projectile or not, is prohibited. Cannot even be taken in cabbage luggage. And it's up to the individual security officers to decide whether to confiscate the object they deem potentially dangerous. That is just so crazy. Aside from the fact that it had obvious sentimental value, aside from the fact that it probably has some amount of real value, it's a gold necklace, it's just stupid. That's not protecting anybody from anything, and that is at the end of the day the job of those people who screen you is to protect you from threat. And there's obviously no threat there. So it's just one of those things where it's like... What if somebody went through with, like, tiny handcuffs on their necklace? Or even those... Remember back in the 70s or 80s, those horns? Those gold horns? You could probably... Yes. What are those? (laughs) Right. And and see, that's where... This, to me, is the the goalie interference of uh, airport security. Where it's like, well, no, the rule reads... Forget the rule. What was the intent of the rule? And then forget the rule about replica guns. What was the intent of that? The intent of that was not to allow somebody to arm themselves with something that could be perceived as a threat. You obviously do not want to bring a life-size actual replica handgun onto a plane, but something hanging from a chain around your neck that's less than an inch long. I wonder a couple of things on this one. The security guard, the security officer that was dealing with her that day, the the two of them, were they having bad days? Maybe. Uh, Were they new on the job and really deciding that they needed to stick to the to the absolute I rules. I thought the same thing. I wondered, did they just go through some training that morning or something yeah. where it was fresh on their mind? Yeah. That, you know, because the original officer who saw the item around her neck, I mean, she wasn't hiding it, said, ooh, that could be a problem. That was the initial reaction mm-hmm. was, oh, that could be a problem. So she was probably, I'm, I'm guessing that a memo had gone out or a training session had taken place or something saying we're going to crack down on this. Not at an airport in my backyard and I think I've told this story before when I went to sell my house in Terwilliger the garage pad that now had a garage on Mm -hmm. it um, when they did the what do you call it the The, land land survey survey, it was poured one inch or two (laughs) inches too close to the property line 
And as a result, the structure wasn't supposed to be there. So to sell this home, I was going to have to get approval from all of my neighbors mm. that was going to take weeks in a in a letter thing that it was okay. They they didn't mind that it was just too because it was too close. So it was down at City Hall. And everything's hinging on this right now. Down at City Hall, and I come up to a young girl who was an intern. She was there learning, and she was adamant that she was not going to approve this. And I said, I don't have the two weeks or the three weeks. I said, it's not my fault. Again, it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. It was the developer who put this pad in and did it two inches closer and I bought the house from someone and it wasn't it wasn't flagged the last time around mm-hmm. so why now and one fellow and I I think his name was Mr. Flanagan or Mr. Finnegan I think it was Mr. Flanagan at this department at City Hall he took her back to the to the room and or he reached out and talked to her and said you're allowed to make decisions based on what you think is best within the realms of of these rules. So do what you think is best. Discretion and judgment. Exactly. And the best part of frontline work. And you know what? And and because of him, I didn't have to go through the two weeks of all of this. But again, the same thing. Um, Yeah. What you said, discretion and judgment. Judgment. What? I don't think a lot of people know what those are. Common sense. It's common. Oh, man. And a reminder that the throne speech uh, will start just around three o'clock. We'll uh, we'll take it live when it gets to the good stuff. Can't wait. Uh, hey, listen, we only have a few minutes here, but uh, I want to play a game with our listeners because I love looking at the world we live in these days. And, uh, you know, we often say, yeah, or I've often said, I will, I'll own this one just by myself. Sometimes I don't know what the right thing to say is without offending somebody or doing something wrong. Or, you know, you just feel like, some days you just feel like, I, I'm not sure if I can even speak without saying something that I shouldn't. So there's this story out of England, and I think I want to play a game with our listeners. As I tell you the story, you tell me what's wrong. So there's a supermarket chain in uh, in England, and what they've started doing is, uh, you know bananas? When you go to buy bananas in the grocery store, and they're just there in bunches, right? And you you look at them because bananas come with their own skin. They so, come with their own packaging, right? They they're packaged they package themselves. So um, you just you know you you sort through them, you pick the ones you want, and off you go. So this uh, supermarket in England <laughs> um, prepackaged them. So what they did was they took a whole bunch of plastic and and uh, non uh, degradable and non. I'm sort of uh, hinting towards what might be the problem here. Uh, they packaged them in such a way that they're covered in plastic, okay? So people were outraged. Uh, Somebody took a picture of it, put it up on Reddit, and then, of course, the comments ensued, and basically everybody seemed to have the same problem with it. And let me stop you right there. In this world of political correctness, what's the problem? Everybody got their answers? Great. No. The problem's not that it's wrapped in materials that is not, is not uh, recyclable or suitable or that it's a waste of, of plastic or, or anything else or that it's bad for Mother Earth. The problem everyone identified was, well, that means I have to buy the number of bananas that are in the package. <laughs> that became the problem. People were outraged saying... Well, it could be, because who wants to buy 10 bananas when you only need two? <laughs> right. It's the old... Remember the game they used to play in supermarkets with uh, hot dogs and buns? The hot dogs oh. came in packages of whatever. 12, 12 and you 12, can only get eight buns. Eight buns, right. So you always ended up having to buy... So that's what they're saying is happening here. That's the outrage that, listen, they're in packages of five 
hey, you know, so if I want six, I got to buy ten, right? And 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 there, it's just so funny to me. I bet you the supermarket when they came up with that idea said. You know, the bananas are getting bruised in transit or something. Or people are picking through them and leaving one and, you know. Yeah, because some people just want one. Right. So we're going to package them this way. And then somebody at the boardroom table said, oh, what if people complain about the environment? And they were like, okay, so we're ready to go when people... In- but no, that wasn't the complaint at all. <laughs> Banana people are apparently quite militant when it comes to how many bananas they buy. Pre-packed bananas are available available because some of our customers who are looking for convenience prefer the ability to pick up a pre-packed product. Product, which meets the needs of their family at a consistent price. <laughs> there you so go. they know that they're going to get 10 bananas yep, it's when they f- grab that package. That's right, except the customer, it's it's to force customers to buy awkward sizes. Uh, Spend too much money. We don't need that many. Creating a minimum purchase volume, one person said. If you leave them as is, people will only take the amount of bananas they want. This is outrageous, wrote another. There you go. You just can never quite get it right in this world. So coming up uh, just after the 3 o'clock news with Eileen Bell, we're expecting the throne speech from the Lieutenant uh, Governor Lois Mitchell. She'll deliver it in the legislature and we'll go to it as uh, as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. And then we'll break it down for you. Eileen will break it down. We'll go over some of the stuff that's in there as well. Then after the 3.30 news uh, to celebrate International Women's Day, we'll be joined by um, Rachel Milkey, the founder and CEO of Hilberg & Burke, which is uh, one of the fastest growing companies right now in Canada. Talk to her about that. A tremendous success story. It'll be fun. Eileen's up next. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.